Hey everyone, this is Izzy, and given that I will be introducing myself again in just a few minutes, probably just as awkwardly, I will try and keep this short. Um, we wanted to let you know that we will be making episode transcripts available on our website for our hard of hearing and deaf friends, uh, for anyone using a screen reader, and then for anyone who just likes reading podcast transcripts. It's 2021, you do you, no judgment. Um, those will be available on the site again, podagainstthemachine.com. Head over to the episode section and those will all be there. That's all I got for you today, so please enjoy the episode and thanks so much for listening. Welcome to Pod Against the Machine. But pretend I said it in a much lower voice. For for effect. Welcome back to Pod Against the Machine, the only Pathfinder podcast where tiny creatures can flank no matter what the rules say. I, once again, am Sam, and I'm not going to make Jeff introduce himself first this time, so we're going to go to, let's say, Zach. Uh, I was just laughing at that too much to start, but... <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> I like to own it when I screw up the rules, and by own it, I mean make it so that that's the rules now. I feel like I'm being punished for bringing this rule up. Anyway, I'm Zach, and I'm playing Brixby Renttail. That's it. That's all you get. You have to volunteer the next person, though. Well, I mean, Juro has already got their hand up. I am uh, Juro, and I am playing Vargas Call, whose voice is going to get slightly more gravelly every episode as his uh, voice actor listens back to the previous one and realizes that he can't do a voice to save his life and desperately attempts to make it better each time. And following after me uh, is Izzy. Hello, I'm Izzy. I play Kira Smith, and I don't have anything else to add. So, Jeff, take it away. Hi, I'm Jeff. I'm playing Asher Halich, and y'all have been waiting since episode one to know that I started playing TTRPGs uh, back in undergrad. Uh, I totally skipped this part of the intro, and why not do it in episode four? Uh, you can edit it out. It's fine. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> five oh yeah keep that in keep that in makes me feel even better uh yeah started with uh heroes unlimited played a lot of the white wolf games vampire the masquerade uh werewolf for a little bit a mage game and then yeah two sessions of dnd 3.5 that's all it took i'm just kidding and then i moved and didn't play much of anything until a couple of years ago when i started on pathfinder and now i've played Mostly PF1, because it's the best version, uh, but some Starfinder and PF2 also. Hey, Jeff. Hello. See that? We don't make him go first, and then he actually gets the full intro out. <laughs> we figured it out. Only four episodes late, because I know it's episode five. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so, as a quick recap of what happened in episode four, not episode three... Um, you all managed to just barely squeak by some 
gremlins that had abilities that they shouldn't have had because somebody didn't know the rules. And um, But uh, you defeated a lot of them and went back to the Skulks, um, completed the deal, um, got yourselves a hall pass to pass through their corridors along with a bag of something jangly that you didn't actually check in. And then after that, you investigated the two different hatches leading into the metal wall, one of which seemed to be sealed tight. The other one you managed to get through and found a corridor leading to a three-legged machine of some sort, which was just kind of sitting there until you started poking it. And that's where we pick up. From what I recall, I think we as a group, all of us decided to collectively poke so that no blame could be placed upon a single person who might have actually done the poking. That's what I recall. I have it in my notes. So I love democracy. Let's roll back the tape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. There we go. Canon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And since uh nobody at home can see it, uh Asher and Vargas are definitely not twenty feet away from the robot right now. Definitely all right up to it poking it. Within poking distance. Yeah. They're definitely all at a safe distance. I was so effective, Asher was with the light mace, he thought, you know what? I think we're done with the gun. It's just hitting with that negative one to strength from here on out. And I went up to poke uh the robot with with Kira for sure. With the unit. The whole team. Right. I meant did I say Kira? I meant team Kira. Because you're like the you're the leader sort of emotionally and spiritually lead poker yeah yeah okay that's an important position (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure this won't end badly so you find yourselves in a a metal lined corridor the floors are these interlocking panels of what appears to be glassite and uh, dark gray metal Uh, the walls are very much the same and then the ceiling is seems to be a, a lighter kind of metal but still all along the same line so it's like this is a room but unlike most rooms on galarian it's made of metal and this metal looking three-legged robot standing in front of you has glowing blue eyes and a set of long arms it's the robot itself stands about five feet tall and it is coming towards you so let's all roll for initiative Okay, uh, Zach, what'd you get? Got a solid 14 for Brixby Redtail. Alright, 14 for Brixby. And how about Vargas? Vargas, uh, with his incredible reflexes, got a 4. Ooh, that's a good one. That's probably the the second best one we're going to see. And, uh, Kira? Uh, to 12 and a die, plus 5 with Kingsley's initiative bonus for a 17. That's a show-off move right there. <laughs> uh, she's got a magic scorpion. I don't know what you want. And Asher. Uh, Asher, with the 4 on the die, brings it up to a total of 8. I like him in the single digits. Because then my monster gets to go ahead of we're not going to do, like, golf initiative, where lower is better. Maybe later. Maybe that, I think that's a mythic ability. Cool, cool. 
Alright, so Kara, you get to go first with a newly activated weird machine thing in front of you. Uh, yeah, well, Kara is gonna try to hit it with a greatsword that she previously, she and the team previously poked it with. Okay, we are off to a great start. That is a nine on the die, plus, oh gosh, I don't even have it pulled up. I'm gonna say it's a seven. Nope, it's a five. Um, nine plus five, 14 to hit. Uh, that'll hit the robot's flat-footed AC. Fantastic. Uh, that is a seven plus six, 13 to hit. Oh, nope, 13 points of damage. We'll get there. It's early in the game. And that's my turn. Are you moving or sticking there? Nope. No, this will be fine. I'm in its face. I'm going to stay in its face. Uh, We're going to Brixby. Uh, To solidify that I am just part of Kira's entourage, which is now our uh, working group title, unless we can come up with a better name. I'm going to move into her square with a five-foot step to the west. Ready, and I'm gonna take a full attack. Rapier first. That's a two on the die for a six against flat-footed AC. I'm afraid that is not quite enough. All right, coming around with the tail blade. Uh, Thirteen on the die for a twelve. Uh, twelve hits exactly on its flat-footed AC. Oh yeah. Coming big with the 1d2 minus 1 damage. It's 1 damage, but we got a sneak attack. That's 3 in total. 3 total damage? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the robot uh, starts shouting something in some bizarre language. And it is going to attempt to slam Kira with a robot arm. That is an eight to hit. So I don't think that's going to do Does not do it. All right. Let me just make sure. Yeah, and it is going to... Yeah, it'll stay there. Doesn't know any better. And Asher is up. All right. Asher aims his pistol at this drone and will fire into melee, rolling the orange creamsicle dice from ice cream dice. It's a natural 20. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so good. All right. I was going to mention dude probably has cover from the wall, but that doesn't even matter. Well, let's see if I can confirm it. Let's see if I can confirm it. Mm, 12 on the die would bring it up to a 17 minus the 4 for not having precise shot. Sorry. I have an encounter in point blank shot. This is good. 18 minus 4 is 14 <laughs> against touch. Alright, is soft cover a plus 2 or plus 4? Soft cover is a... I believe it's a 2. Oh, soft cover is a 4. Partial cover is a 2. The difference between soft and partial is that soft is... Uh, doesn't give you a benefit to your reflex saves. Sure looks like I have line of sight. I thought it was yeah. from your upper left-hand corner, 
to its upper left-hand corner, it kind of goes through a square that has stuff. I mean, yo, it's so DM fiat on that. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, corner to corner, it uh, cuts that. Yeah, I think that, yeah, so that'll be partial cove because it's just a little corner kind of sticking into your line of sight, which means that you hit exactly on the confirm. <laughs> so... Uh, the good news, other than the fact that you just got your third gun crit in, um, was it four fights, uh, is that uh, this thing is vulnerable to crits. So why don't you roll your times four damage and then multiply it by one and a half. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> the rest of us will take a nap. <laughs> wow. Okay. Also get a grit point back. Yay. All right, uh, one plus seven is eight, uh, 12, 17, uh, plus four for the point blank shot is 21, times one and a half would be 31. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I think it's uh, pretty clear that you have killed this robot. Why don't you let us know what that looks like? So being completely on board with the Team Poke incident, uh, Asher just decided that he was going to poke from a distance if it got up, and considering it tried to slam at Kira, the obvious leader of the team, Asher points his pistol at it and says, I'm afraid I don't speak your language, but I hope you speak lead. And he shoots it, and the bullet goes right between its glowing blue eyes. Care, but it still totally misses anything that might be useful to us as far as parts go. It's weird. It's like it's so precise. Perfect. And it was a crit. <laughs> yeah, so the bullet goes clear through its um, CPU and, and kills the Ryzen processor inside. The robot deactivates, its arms flop down, and it's just sort of sitting on the ground in front of you now. A uh, question about the uh, talking earlier. Was that a flavor robot talking, or was that actually a specific language that it was saying something in? It was uh, speaking in a specific language. Uh, well, I was wondering if it was a uh, language of the four-armed aliens that I can't say the name of because my guy failed his uh, <laughs> check to see what they were. It was actually speaking in Drafen, if any of you have that. Zach does. Or Brixby does. Zach doesn't. It'd be weird if I did. But, Agreed. Yeah. Especially because they made up the words that it used. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so um, it was basically shouting something uh, to the tune of um, repairs in, in progress. Uh, please exit the facility. So he murdered the janitor while he was asking us politely to leave. <laughs> Oh, that poor baby. Oh, polite and then a slam. <laughs> <laughs> While it did say please, it also did try to um, crush Kira's head with its metal hand. It, that balances out to like a, so. a terse telling off. At the end of combat, provided that nobody is immediately doing anything, uh, Rixby will drop his rapier to the ground uh, and run over to the robot. Uh, noticing that it's kind of deactivated, possibly slumped down or 
telltale sparks of malfunctioning. Uh, his curiosity, almost his uh, compassion. He, you almost hear him whispering like, oh, precious, as he just runs over and looks at it. Beautiful, beautiful. What's wrong with you? It looks at the bullet hole and he's like, right, yeah, that's what's wrong with you. But you can tell that he's uh, very interested in this three-legged device. It's not showing any signs of still being functional at all. As I said, the, the lights are out of its eyes. It's just kind of hanging there limp. Asher will reload and approach uh, Brixby and the robot. I didn't mean to... Well, I mean, I, I did obviously mean to damage it, but I didn't mean to destroy it. If you recall from the previous episode, I had suggested that we even brought it, would bring it to town. It, it might still be possible, perhaps. Uh, no, no, my... Um... So thankful you saved us. I mean, you know how effective I am in combat situations. Uh, it's just, I mean, look at this thing. I, I mean, I've heard of Gearsmen. And I mean, I, I, I've heard of Repair Drone. But what is this? Like, really? And he's just kind of like, moving cables and, and pieces around almost immediately, kind of digging in, almost wants to take notes, looks back up at Asher, knowing that he seems to be just as excited about technological things as him. As Brixby's kind of messing with the robot, a panel on his chest pops open um, and just sort of flops down, and there are a series of um, five rolled up would appear to be nets made of a, a weird material that uh, looks very unfamiliar, just sort of mounted inside its chest like they can be loaded into a little launcher that's inside there. Mm. Uh, I think we had determined earlier that um, it can ensnare us with nets. I, f I think this is it right here. Can we use the nets? Unclear whether that's in or out of character. <laughs> well, you can definitely pull the, the nets out of there. Would it also be possible to pull out the uh, little device that it uses to launch them? Um, that is probably not the sort of thing that you can get out and still have it be a, a functional device. You can sort of break it out and have a chunk of scrap metal that looks like a yeah. Looks a little bit reminiscent of Asher's gun, but it's not going to function removed from the robot. Oh, uh, so Sam, did I... So that was the only thing in, in sort of searching it that, that sort of presented itself was the was the nets. Yeah. Okay, yeah. If anybody has a praise, you could approximate how much these things are worth. <laughs> I do. Hmm. It's another nat two for a solid ten from Bricks Boy. Uh, I got a twelve. Uh, with a twelve, you'd probably say that since they're made of something weird, um, technology enthusiasts would would pay a pretty good price for them. You get at least 
probably 20, 25 gold for each of them. Would a 14 give anything better than that, or is that still pretty much in the same ballpark of looking at it? Yeah, I mean, that, that'll give you pretty much the same idea. That if you can find somebody who's interested in technology, you can get a pretty good price for it. At the very least, with these removed, should this drone repair itself, we wouldn't find ourselves ensnared. You seem to know a fair bit more about this than I do, Brixby, despite your humble attestations. Do you know a way we could inform it that we are on its side? Um, I did, in fact, understand what it was originally saying, uh, which was a, a cursory warning that, um, repairs were occurring in this sector. Um, because everything moved so fast and in the moment I didn't understand uh, exactly the, the language it spoke is, is not one I'm very comfortable with. Um, I didn't try to communicate. I could attempt to, but um, I'm not even sure if it's capable of repairing itself beyond the damage that we've done to it at this point. Do I know? At all from that uh, initial roll from the last step, uh, if it can repair itself when it appears to be in this state of disrepair, or um, you do know that it can normally repair itself, um, but probably it's too far gone um, with a hole through its central processor, it, it won't be able to recover from that. It was very specific that although it was between the eyes, it missed all of the important parts. <laughs> well, it's damaged enough that it, it can't fix itself. Theoretically, it could be fixed by um, another repair drone where you to find one functioning. So if we level up, we can multi-class into Starfinder Mechanic. Brixby, <laughs> did it say what it was repairing? It didn't, no. Um, granted, you didn't give it much time, did you, big stuff? Well, it started it, and Asher did more stuff, but I guess that's fair. Hey, I did stuff, too. Just oh, yeah, that was good. Stuff, then. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was with the, the, the blade attached to my tail. Yeah. I was... Combat. I, I was terrified. That was so good. Uh, and she'll look around at the others and be like, wasn't he good at stabbing stuff, guys? Indeed. Yay. Fargus stares at her. <laughs> well, um, I would be uh, remiss to leave something this interesting behind, but we probably should venture further. Do we, do we want to venture further? How we have, we said like three-ish hours left before the spell wears off. Yeah, I think you're probably in the under three hours range now. And how long do we think it would take us to get back to the underwater cavern part of it, since we don't have to fight anything on the way back, just like a straight walk? I mean, just walking through would only take a little while, just a few minutes. Yeah, most of the times they burned, killing gremlins and everything. We could go back and mention to the... Or did we? Do? No, we did do that because they gave us the. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a uh... moment. They gave us the jangly bag that we never checked back. We did mention to them that we took out the gremlins already. Yes, 
I threw the swords at their feet as evidence. Which reminds me, what is in that jangly bag? Yeah, who took the bag? Did we say who, uh... I imagine it'd probably be Kira, just because they mm-hmm. can carry so much more than everyone else. Uh, yeah, sounds good. So she'll take out that jingle bag uh, and start going through it. In the bag, you find uh, 49 of those same little um, silver disc things that look like watch batteries, and um, five little squares of, of a weird material that are brown on one side and have like a a black stripe on the other. Uh, they look pretty similar to something that uh, Vargas was actually carrying before. And um, you also, I believe, secured two potions of cure moderate wounds. We had not identified them yet. We assumed. Yeah. You hadn't identified them. I'm letting you. The chameleons told us. <laughs> We're doing the inventory part now, so it seemed relevant. Uh, well, um, we could go a, a bit further in. I realize um, we've possibly exhausted uh, some deal of our consumable resources, but I'd like to go a bit further, to be candid. We've come this far already. We're already here. Here's what I... Before you stands a double door. Uh, Brixby will approach the double door and uh, check it for traps. Uh, that is a 14 or a 15 for high tech or mechanical traps. It appears to be safe. Uh, right then, through the door. And uncharacteristically, Brixby will go through first. The northern wall of this otherwise empty metal room is a tangle of what looked to have once been strange cages of some sort. Tangled amidst the metal ribs of these cages are ribs of a more organic nature. The ancient bones of some sort of creature that looks bizarre and completely alien to you. Smaller mounds of rubble lie opposite, lie against the opposite wall uh, down near where Brixby's standing. Uh... Vargas is going to go uh, stare at these remains in these cages up here. Examining them more clo- closely, they uh, appear to be the bones of several six-legged creatures of some kind, all just lying completely dead in the cages. There'd be like a nature roll or anything that would uh, possibly identify them? Let's see what you would roll. Uh, yeah, it would be knowledge nature. Ugh. So I have that cool, cool bonus for identifying alien creatures, but not with nature. You would definitely get a bonus for alien creatures in this case. Yeah, so I'll uh, call Asher over because I got a 15, but I don't know if I can roll that untrained, so that probably doesn't matter. No, you can't do it untrained. Yeah, figured. So I forgot I don't have nature. Nor do I. Nor does Bricks. Me neither. That'd be the problem. Okay, so these are just weird six-legged creatures. The bones definitely appear ancient. I don't like the look of any of this. Reminds me too much of the sky ships. I'm sorry. Too much of the what? 
lore, I guess you would call it. There's stories that are passed on generation to generation among my people. One of them is about the sky ships. Long, long ago, they came down, they crashed, they destroyed everything. We, we built an entire mountain trying to bury them. They had horrible creatures in them. They were made metal similar to this. They had metal men like this. I've seen some of it. The rest is all just stories passed on generation to generation, like I said, but too much of it matches up to what we're seeing here. Skyships. Um, you know, I've seen uh, plenty of things that have fallen from the stars. Sky medals. Uh, treasures beyond description and comparison. But old ships. Monsters. Uh, I'd like to pick your brain more about this at a later time, mate. Why wouldn't you just ask him conversationally? Because I'm quite sure there's going to be things we find down here that will um, inform my line of questioning later. Plus, as you're um, often apt to put it, we have a limited time frame. So perhaps we should move. Yes. I, I mean, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I just don't see the need to cut into his skull simply to obtain information. Oh, I think it... it it's a turn of phrase. Never mind. Don't, don't cut his head open. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. We'll figure it out. I truly love the Blood Rager and the um, nomadic Kellid explaining the intricacies and subtleties of sarcasm <laughs> to you. <laughs> uh, beautiful canon. So, uh, Sam, am I seeing from this room we have two different potential exits? Yeah, there's a door to the basically the south and then there's another double door um, leading to the east. And there's also sort of in the pile of, in the corner of the room near Kira now is a a pile of rubble, like bits of machinery and such. Uh, Bricks would like to go check out that pile of rubble. Is it um, to the east of Kira or the west? It's to the east. Right. Sort of gray spots on the floor. Ah, uh, yeah. If you want to roll uh, perception checks to dig through the rubble there. Uh, that is a 14 for Brixby. Not rolling so hot today. Um, a 14 for Kira as well, plus 7 for 21. Roll the 21 while Brixby is uh, digging through a bunch of scrap and, and mostly just finding um, you know, burnt out and rusted out pieces of crap. Um, Kira comes up with a uh, set of long-handled tools that resemble blacksmith's tongs, except they have a sort of mechanism in them where they look like they can lock into place 
So if you needed to like hold on to something very with a very good grip, um, you could use those. Like a wood clamp almost? Yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. You find a black, weird little um, device that's about the size of those little plastic cards, but it looks like it actually... Um, well, why don't you make um, a knowledge engineering check to, to figure out what this odd little device is. Hey, Asher, come over here. Look at this. Huh. Yes, what is that? It's a dirty 20. Very nice. Also a dirty 20 for Brixby. Buddies! Wow. <laughs> 20 buddies. All right, with that, um, with those rolls, you can identify these things as e-picks, which are essentially, uh, they're lockpicks for technology-based doors. Uh, it, it, basically what you would use thieves' tools for to pick a normal lock, you would use this to basically pretend to have an access code or hack your way through a, a locked door. Amazing. Right, so Asher, you want these, yeah? Kidding. Oh, <laughs> well, no, not at all. I, I appreciate your confidence in my abilities, but you've demonstrated that you are much more nimble and finger. Yeah, he's already secreted it under one of his many faults. And the last um, two items you managed to dig out of the pile of rubble look like silver discs. They look like those same little watch batteries to them, but these ones um, are actually glowing very faintly uh, with some kind of energy. As if you know they're, they're charged up with power of some sort. So you could do a knowledge engineering on those. It's an 18 for bricks. Yeah, only a 14 for Asher. Oh, Brixby has probably come across one or two of these in his days, at least uh, seen people selling them. These appears to, appear to be batteries, little portable items that can be used to power um, the equipment that, that comes out of the ruins of Starfall and various other places around Numeria. Uh, these are a bit like those silver discs from earlier, except... They um, hold an intrinsic power, a charge, if you will. Um, would you like to hold on to these, Kira? Sure, can do. It's like they have the power to just keep going and going. I thought we fought a pink frog, not a pink bunny, but maybe that's coming later. And sadly, Kira mixed them in with the silver discs, and now there's no way to know which ones are which. <laughs> I think what happened is the glow from those two actually made all the other ones start glowing, and now they're all fully charged. Does that matter work? <laughs> uh, but yeah, as I said earlier, uh, Brixby has sort of secreted those e-picks away, um, but everything else, you know, he's uh, going to hold out to his much larger companion after explaining what they do. Um, do we feel strongly about either of these doors? Well, double doors seem intimidating just on principle, which I guess could be good depending on what we're looking for. 
Um, I could check both and see if either of them are locked or contain any other dangers that might influence our decision. Um, so Brixby is going to check this little door that Kira is in front of, which is the one to the south, uh, adjacent to the junk pile. Uh, perception check there. 14 off the die, so that's 21 or 22 for high-tech or mechanical traps. And it looks like with that roll that the um, door isn't locked and it doesn't appear to be trapped, but it, it does look like it's stuck pretty good. Right. Well, um, this one is not barred or, or locked specifically, at least not mechanically, and it lacks the... Uh, protections we found in the gremlin corridor so no traps but um he's stuck i mean perhaps you can move it big stuff but i'm gonna go look at those intimidating double doors see if it's a better way to progress so he'll waddle over to the uh, double doors and do the same that's a 19 on the die so we're looking at a 26 or a 27 for mechanical or high-tech traps. This door appears to be neither locked nor trapped. Right, so neither doors are locked nor or trapped. Uh, but like I said, that one's stuck. You can try it if you'd like, if you're um, predisposed to avoiding the double door. I think I'll try it just to see if I can. But also, yeah, you know, double doors. Um is that a strength? Yeah. Is there enough uh, space to aid her on a strength next to her? Yeah, you can both fit in close enough to the door. And yeah, it'd be a strength check to try to uh, aid. Well, that's a four plus four. Four and eight. Yeah. Man, I should have been the one to do it. My aid check was a 16. <laughs> I'll be... <laughs> kind of pushes against the door. No, nope, yeah, the can't plus do two it. to that eight. Uh, that door doesn't look like it's going anywhere. Kira's thoroughly embarrassed. I I don't think this is. It's, it looks like a wall that looks like a door. I don't think this opens. What about that hammer of yours? We could attack the door and break it down that way. Hey, I'm down. Uh, yeah. So she will try with Lucy. Wait. Ah, uh, sorry. Nope, Just um. I apologize. Asher, I know your gun is very loud. Um, and I know that he's almost sort of interposing his little rat body between the lucerne hammer and the door. Um, maybe this is unfounded, but this process will be very loud. Uh, and we'll announce our um, presence. Perhaps we already have, and I am being unduly cautious. Obviously been accused of that many times before, as he holds up his missing ring finger. Heh. <laughs> that said, we might want to check the double door. Well, it's your hammer, Kira. In either case, if double doors seem intimidating to us, perhaps the sound of a mighty hammer smashing through this door will intimidate anything that would otherwise seek to trouble us. Especially a double door. Once I saw what the single door got with the hammer. Uh, she will stop like mid-swing and consider. Like, I guess we should try the double doors then. 
We'll come back to this one. Okay. Heading through the double door, then? Seems like it. Going through the double door here, uh, you find yourselves in another small metal room. Um, Strange machines sit to the north and south against the walls here. Their faces appear to be coils of metal tubes with several nozzle-like protrusions pointing out into the room itself. And then there's another uh, double door at the end of the small room. Oh, I know what this is. And my character would have no idea what that is, but uh, I, the player, know what it is. Uh, Do any of us, the characters, know what it is with a knowledge check? You could do a knowledge engineering on these things. Ready. Ugh. You first. That's another 14 total. Uh, Nearly twice my eight. (laughs) Yeah, I would say with a 14. um, And these are definitely some kind of sprayer uh, device. Uh, They appear to shoot something out of them normally, but right now they're not active. They're just sitting there. Hmm. Clearly a poison gas trap. <laughs> Definitely not a decontamination chamber. I, I can't say quite for certain what their purpose is, but I can tell you that it looks as though they would spray something. To what effect, I couldn't, I couldn't guess. At least some kind of trap. Something to kill us. We should move out of here quickly. Speaking of traps, um, assuming there's another set of doors to our east, Grixby would like to check that for a trap. This gray metal door is sitting there right in front of you like all the other ones. Alright, 15 on the die here gives us a 21 or a 22 uh, if it is a high-tech or mechanical trap. Appears to be neither locked nor trapped. All right. It seems we can get through this one as well. Looking back at his compatriots and no one uh, sort of volunteering to go through, Bricks will just push on through. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Vargas will rush out right after him because he's convinced that's a trap back there. Opening this door up um, reveals a completely different sort of environment on the other side of it. The air on the other side is unnaturally dry, almost kind of stifling. And the ground is covered in sand. Um, it's You've basically found yourselves back out into an- another cave. Uh, it's a narrow stone-walled uh, building or narrow stone-walled cavern uh, that curves its way up to the north. And um, if you look back at the door you've stepped through, don't see a door at all. There's an image of a stone wall behind you, even though you know you just walked right through. Uh, Are we capable of reopening the door, despite that not being able to see it? Kara is still standing in the doorway, so you can see half of her, and the other half appears to be inside a stone wall. Well, I feel fine, (laughs) I assume. Asher would like to go back to the rubble in that wider room, 
pick up some of the rocks and things and arrange them in sort of a way that he could find his way back to this opening if need be, since we won't be able to see it once we're on the other side. Like a trail of breadcrumbs? Something of that nature. And he is uh, chipper, enjoying this dry air and the sand. It's like, ah, now we're talking. Um, Feels a bit like home. <laughs> so this, uh, what, what we're seeing, is it, um, would, would Brixby describe it as like an illusion or a mirage, like arcane magic he'd possibly seen before? Or is it? Yeah. Um, you can roll a, a spellcraft to see if it's or a knowledge arcana. What about uh, casting detect magic? Do you, would Vargas sense anything? Uh, casting detect magic? You don't detect any magic. Yeah, Bricks doesn't have spellcraft. Strange. This. Uh, he looks at Bricks. This is clearly magic, right? I mean. Uh... It looks like magic to me, but that's the thing about technology, mate. It's that technology you don't understand, and magic are indistinguishable. I don't like it. I I can sense when there's magic, and I I can't sense anything from this wall. I don't like it. Well, we can move up or move back, except now the path is different. Which is concerning. It should be specified, this area is still totally dark. The only light is coming from the bug leg that Vargas is still carrying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alright, well, not seeing a door in front of them, uh, Bricks will turn back to the group. Uh, would you all like me to scout ahead? Or shall we go as a pie? Place is dangerous. We should stick together. Agreed. I can move forward, although not as quietly as you. In my own way, I wouldn't mind accompanying you a, a small bit ahead. It does seem like we've only been in the way of your gun. Ah, uh, yeah, it might be prudent to have you appear with me. Bixby will move to the north to make some room for his bud. Oh, you mean Vargas? <laughs> I remember you calling him Chum, as a matter of fact. Now, this is me, out of character. He's, he's mate. Mate, chump. Oh, what? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, Excellent. Nothing untoward. Um, if we're not looking for anything in particular, I don't mind going ahead. I'm okay at spotting things, although not disabling things. Well, don't you worry. If there's uh, something to disable, I'll be here behind you. Up ahead where the cavern seems to open up a little bit more, there is a large white coral-like rock formation sitting in the sand, different from the other rocks. Here's going to move up to the mouth of this, like, I don't know, kind of pat. Oh, oh, maybe she won't. (laughs) It's just a coral-like rock formation. Sure. Uh, well, can how mm, I would like to percept from here if I can. Do I have to be up at next to it? You can look at it from where you are. Cool. 
six plus seven, 13. Uh, it just looks like a rock. Isn't it so nice? Weird rock. Yeah, it's so nice when the GM just has handy tokens of benign weird rocks. Yeah, I, and I applaud your dedication to the craft, Sam. Adds the ambiance. Well, you know, you, you've got to really get into the immersion of this place with weird rocks in it. They're totally benign. It's like I can see the rock. Uh, and Kira will tell her friends that. Like, oh, there's a really weird rock here that is fully benign, as has been stated before. Well, then. I'll just move a little closer to that rock. I'm sure that's not going to be terrible. It's a rock. Yes, what are we waiting for? Rick Swadge up behind you. Still alive. <laughs> yeah, as um, Kira steps up to the a rock, a purple tentacle shoots out of one of the weird holes in the weird white rock completely unexpectedly and smacks her. Uh, that is a 18 versus flat-footed. Yeah, that'll, that'll hit. Okay, that is 8 um, oh. bludgeoning damage from a slap with a tentacle. And how would everybody rolls for initiative? Okay. Hypothetical question. Does one roll for initiative if one is hypothetically unconscious? Oh, wow. Yeah, you still do. Yeah, okay, great. Ouch. Yeah. Probably should have just used that potion like we talked about two episodes ago. Don't forget we got two more now, too. Your mods, even. Yeah. Uh, so what's Kira's unconscious initiative? Um, five. Plus five, do you still add the bonus if you're I unconscious? I would say you don't add your dex while you're unconscious, but um, you'd still add your um, okay. familiar. So, uh, nine. Alright. And how about Asher? The 17 off the die, plus 4 for a 21. Nice and fast. Vargas? Yeah, a 16 on the die, plus 2 for an 18. Okay, and Brixby? Brixby can't stop copying Asher with a 21, but it's an 18 on the die for me. It's been long enough that I don't remember what Asher got on the die. Uh, 17. Alright, looks like Brixby will be going first. Um, let's see. Uh, I guess canonically, Kira's kind of been pack mewling all of our stuff, yeah? Yeah. Um, alright. Uh, well. Bricks seeing Kira immediately go down, which out Kira. Um, and since he is not holding healing himself, uh, attempt to find a healing potion on Kira's person. Probably be a, a full round action to retrieve a, a stowed item. That's what I figured, yeah. Alright. Um, Asher, you are up. You have a surprisingly clear shot at the creature since Kira is down. This uh, completely innocuous rock shocked us all and struck our fearless leader down. And 
Asher just, he grits his teeth and says, Could we possibly make it through an hour without one of us falling unconscious? And he'll level his gun and use a grip point to focus his aim. Going back to the portal dice, because when people fall down, the portal dice doesn't let you down. We can edit in something catchier. 18 off the die. That is going to be a uh, 24 against touch. That will indeed hit this creature. So that is going to be a d8 plus 4. Only 3 off the die, but 7 points of bludgeoning and piercing damage. And it doesn't look like it liked that. And he'll, uh, he'll not move. He'll just stay right there. And we are on to Vargas. Right. First off, uh, I would just like to say how happy I am that uh, we brought a gun into our medieval fantasy <laughs> world because that is really doing some <laughs> serious lifting. Uh, second, Vargas... Uh, does not appear to have too many good options for things to do. I could step past Asher and stand over Kira's body, but then I would be blocking Asher's shot. And I just recently saw him take down a robot in one hit, so really want to do it. So you know what? Um, I'm just going to Vargas is gonna put out uh, his metal arm in front of him and fire off a uh, acid splash at this creature that's going to get cover because uh, Asher is between me and it. And I don't think I'm not firing into melee, correct? Because Kira's down. So I don't take my minus four. He just gets his uh, cover. Right. So that just... Definitely going to be a miss. That is a five. Yeah, five is definitely a miss. So I uh, shoot a glob of acid directly onto the unconscious body of Kira, and then we move on to her turn. All right, now. Uh, Kira, how far in the negatives are you right now? Kira is at a minus five. That's not great. It's not great, but it's probably fine. Oh, yeah, we've got some time. Um, This is a d20 plus my con modifier, right? Uh, Yeah. Stabilize. You are killing me tonight, unicorn dice. Um, That is a seven. Not going to do it. So I'm going to find a new d20. Kara ticks down to negative six. Negative six. What's your con? Uh, 15. No. Yes, 15. Oh. So we got a little while. And this horrible creature uh, shoots out a bunch more tentacles of varying lengths, uh, two of which come swinging at Asher because it has reach. Of course it does. Uh, The first one is going to be an 18 to hit. Oh, it hits exactly. Okay, that will be seven damage. Oh, Asher crumples to the ground. Oh! 
Well, it's going to take a swing at Brixby as well. Oh, no. Uh, that is a, only a nine to hit. Thankfully, uh, is not my AC. All right, the horrible beast monster is done uh, with its attacks for now. We have two members of the party on the ground. And Brixby is up. Uh, Brixby uh, holding the Cure Moderate Wounds potion that he pulled off of Kira. Um, and seeing Asher go down, uh, he kind of looks back and forth and then realizes in combat, having a big meat wall between the passed out person, or sorry, the unconscious person and the monster is important. So he uh, will dump the Cure Moderate Wounds potion down Kira's throat. Um, do you want to roll for that, Kira? Uh, go for it. But also tell me what you're rolling so that I know for next time. So it's 2d8 plus 3, right? For a Cure Mod? Yep. Thank God. Eight on my first roll, one on my second one. So that is nine, 12 uh, points of healing. Awesome. Thank you. It's going to be the most flattering thing anyone has ever been called as a big meat wall. <laughs> that was worth going to say she's unconscious for that. And she's like, this is great. All right. We are around to Asher. And how far the negatives are you? Uh, Asher is at negative four. You'll live forever. Yeah. Let's roll. Uh, let's, uh, you know, the orange dreamsicle got me a, a crit earlier. Let's go back to that. Uh, adding my con. Looking for a 14 total or higher. Oh, no. It's on the floor. It's on the floor. It's, a, it's gone forever. It's a floor teen. That, you know, <laughs> it was a 13 on the die. And with my con of 12, it is a 14 total. So we'll keep it. Uh, that hits the DC exactly. Yes. Asher is stable. Asher is stable. Meatwall and Flirteen, our powers combined. It's fortuitous. <laughs> All right, we're up to Vargas. You have um, two people on the ground in front of you, so you got a clear shot. Yeah. Uh, Vargas will actually step 10 feet to the north to step right up to this thing and check if something is a standard action or not. Um, yes, it is, and it would only give me one HP, so I'm not going to bother doing it because that is useless as a level one character. So he is going to step up and just take a swing at this thing with his uh, metal arm. And, oh, okay, uh, that will be a 19. Um, a 19 would hit, but are, are you sure you can end your turn in the same square as a conscious ally? I, I don't oh, that's think right. She's not unconscious. Yeah. Uh, She's prone, no, but I cannot. she is awake. So uh, Vargas does not step up that far. He's actually just going to take one step up and stand over Asher's unconscious body instead. <laughs> well, that's totally fine. It's a much smaller wall of meat. Until Kira stands <laughs> up, uh, I can attack this thing uh, with magic without taking any penalties, so I will do that instead. You sure you want to step up? And roll much worse. 
That will still be... That is a 16 to hit. Uh, regular AC. Well, a 16 will hit, but uh, you stepped into its reach, so it's going to take an attack of opportunity. And that is a 19 to hit. That is also a hit. So that is 5 damage. You've got to roll concentration to uh, keep that spell. Yep, and it's a plus 4 against a DC 15. Let's see how this 11, so that meets it exactly. Do we do meets it, beats it? Yeah, meets it, beats it, so you get okay. the spell off. Alright, so yeah, he shoots a, a glob of acid at this thing, and does we get my d4 out, but I don't own a d3. And two points of damage. Ooh, Real uh, powerful attack there. Big two points of damage. And it is acid damage, if that matters for anything. Okay. It's probably vulnerable to acid, right? Like that does an extra five. Five D six. It's definitely double damage, right? Yeah, that is uh Vargas's turn. We're back up to Kira, uh lying on the ground but conscious with a horrifying rock looming over you. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I think she's gonna stand. I hope I don't regret that. Can I hit it from the ground? You can. You take up minus. With a minus. Okay. So I'm going to... She's going to be on the ground then. Um, and kind of re- like have that. She's w- woken up and seen this thing standing over her. Maybe has some peripheral awareness that Asher is... Oh, God. Think right next to her, but also unconscious. Um, and she's going to rage from the ground. I think it's possible. It feels like that should be a thing. And swing out... With a greatsword from the ground with a new d20. What is the penalty for prone attacking? Minus two? It's minus four. Minus four is more than minus two. Okay. 17 minus four, 13 to hit. Um, 13 will not hit. All right. That's my turn. Uh, horrible creature is up. And since... Kira is laying on the ground in front of it and just took a swing. It's going to go for her first. Uh, that is a 12 to hit. 12 does not do it. And you're prone. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a minus four penalty to AC against melee attacks while prone. Just kidding. So the, does yep. the 12 hit? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure does. Ouch. That is going to be seven damage. Um, okay, wait, no, hang on. This is, that's a weird one because she's raging, so she has a bonus, but I don't think it's enough. Uh, no, okay, we're good. She is real hurt, but fine. <laughs> wait, did that hit or not? Um, no, it hits, right? You said. Oh, it does hit? It hits okay. seven points of damage, yeah. Now, let's see. That was exactly what you had, was it? Are you staggered? No, she's. it's because she's raging, so she's got those extra two. Uh-huh. So this will be fine until the next round. Well, the problem is it's got a second tentacle. It Does it? It does. It seems like a one tentacle rock. Oh, that is going to be a 22 to hit on the throne, <laughs> Kara. Yeah, no, that's that's gonna do it. The second d20 is also not working. Minimum damage, only four damage. 
I mean, that's that's plenty. That is plenty. Got to pop that in, and she's down again. Solid Tuesday, session five. All right, the monster is done. Kara is unconscious once more, and uh, we're back up to Brixby in round three. Uh, clearly, I backed the wrong meat wall. Meat horse. Meat wall horse. Regardless, uh, and pulls another um, cure mod off of Kira as <laughs> four rounds. And uh, yeah, he's going to stay where he is otherwise. It's the end of his turn. All right, Asher is stable, correct? Yeah, he is. Yes. All right, Vargas. Uh, what would be the action to attempt to drag Asher's unconscious body backwards? Is it a reposition, like a combat maneuver? Uh, yeah, would that be like a combat maneuver? Well, he's not resisting, so you can just drag him like you're dragging a load. Uh, but I think you can only go five feet per move action. Yeah, please, please drag me out of that threatened square. Yeah. I was gonna say that would take us out of threatened. Uh, would I, I would incur doing that too, though, wouldn't I? Moving out of uh, threatened square. Oh, you should just kill it. I'm gonna risk it. He's gonna look over at Brixby and say, "We're in over our heads. We need to rest. See what you can do for her." And he's gonna kind of grab Asher under the armpits and attempt to drag him back five feet. And he will take the attack of opportunity. It's... Actually, let me not move yet. because It swings out, and that's a ten. That is a miss. Finally, some Thank luck. God. So yeah, I'm gonna drag Asher back this square here, then. Alright. And that his turn with your full um full action i think you can drag him a total of 10 feet two more actions yeah well in that case then i will go back one more and drag him uh two squares south and that will be uh vargas's turn then all right kira um how far in the negatives are you just just the one. Oh, not too bad why don't you roll to stabilize you sure will just gonna throw away all of my dice. That is an eight. That's an eight. All going in the garbage. Everything's getting thrown away. I've got some more bad news for you. <sighs> We're back around to the creature, and it only has the one target. So it is going to use an ability that it has called Ensnare, or Entrap, rather. I'm sorry. And it's actually a fortitude save for you. Great. The sticky fluid uh, leeches up from underneath the sand and tries to basically grab hold of you. So well, roll me a fortitude save. Okay, that's a nine on the die plus a six. Ooh, you just make it. Oh, thank God. DC 14, that would have been pretty bad. For any escape efforts. Fantastic. So it is done, and Brixby is up. All right. Um, again, Brixby is going to heal his his downed companion. Um, D8 is a six. D1 is a three. D2 
giving us 12 healing. And, um... Kira, I'm sorry. He's going to take a five-foot step back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is a five-foot step to the south, closer to uh, Fargus and uh, past that Asher. Actually, you know what? No, he's not. He's going to stay in that square. He, uh, He feels compulsed. So, I apologize. He's ending this turn. Right. Asher is unconscious. We are back up to Vargas. Okay. So, it threatens out to 10 feet. Correct. We don't have any reason to believe it threatens to 15. Right. You've only seen it swing 10 feet. Yeah. But I'm trying to think. Uh, I know because Brixby's in that. Uh, now, someone can't choose to share a square with you, correct? Well, that's your ability that you can share theirs, yeah. Yeah, I have to step into someone's square, unfortunately. Yeah, because I was kind of thinking if I could move up into your square and maybe try to, like, reach out and grab uh, Kira's leg from five feet away and pull her. Because I imagine you probably don't have the strength to uh, move her. And if she tries to stand up, she's going to incur standing up and then possibly occur again if it's got combat reflexes, because we know it's got two attacks. Ugh. Uh, I think, you know what, the only thing he can do, he's going to fire off another glob of acid at it. And Kira is still on the ground. Though, since Kira is awake now, would she be in combat with it? I would say no, just because it doesn't really have a reason to think that she's threatening it. Okay. Sort of this this doesn't strike you as the brainiest creature in the world. So does a thirteen hit? Uh, thirteen is that versus touch or? Uh, no, it is versus regular AC. Yeah, that does not hit. Okay. I thought acid splash was touch. Uh, I didn't think, because I thought we thought that the other day, and it didn't end up being... Oh, no, it is touch. Okay, I am wrong, and I think I was wrong the other time, too, and you corrected me. For some reason, I keep wanting to think, I think because it's a cantrip, I assume it must be crap, and it's not going to be touch. (laughs) But no, that is versus touch. So does a 13 versus touch hit? A 13 does hit touch. Okay. Break out the uh, D3 here. And that is four, so I got that in. Okay, that is one point of acid damage. And uh, he will call out, uh, Kira, if you can, try to crawl away from it. Try to get away best you can. All right, and we are back to Kira. All right, let's see. Well, I don't think I want to be on the ground anymore. She would rather stand up. Um, I just don't know the rules of that. Yeah, they they both would provoke. Yeah, crawling, which I think is five feet per move action, and standing up also provokes. But crawling is going to keep her prone, so I think she's going to stand. Okay, I think you are um, still fatigued from raging. Also correct. Yep. <laughs> so it's a good situation. Well, now we know. Uh, yeah, okay, so she'll try to stand and get away. Uh, it takes a swing, and that is a 19 to hit. That's a hit. Oh, max damage. That is 9 damage. 
Okay. He's back down at one point, but that is less than weight. It has two attacks. I'm going to stop talking. You can still get away, though, I, hopefully, unless it has uh, combat reflexes. Right. That's kind of what I'm worried about, but I'm going to try it anyway. So um just going to move back here as far as I can. And okay, so she's moved. Okay. And, and abandoned Brixby. <laughs> I have bad news and I have good news. So the bad news is this creature does have combat reflexes. The good news is it does not have a positive dex modifier, so it does not actually get an extra attack from its combat reflexes. It's a... This is a Paizo interesting design decision. Um. <laughs> well, save the party. Yeah, so, uh, Kara makes it away clean, and the creature uh, whose turn it is next cannot seem to fit itself into the corridor as it is a ten-foot-wide rock formation, essentially. Its stony carapace is jammed right up against the opening of the less than five foot wide cave, but it is basically unable to find its way through. Does it seem like it's just like leaning toward us or is it actually physically moving? It seems like it's got these little tentacles that come out the bottom. It seems like it can move. Oh, that's awful. (laughs) Well, now that you've all run away and are cowering in fear of the rock that walks... I'm going to go to bed. Good night, Sam. Night, Sam. Night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Against the Machine is property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. To his credit, Brixby never ran. Everybody else did, but frontliner Brix held the line behind the rock, hidden. He's the new leader of the group. Oh, yeah. Brixby's non-gender specific voice. There's a parenthetical in there.